Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Listen, it's true that prayer changes things. It's also true that prayer changes you. And sometimes prayer changes you and you change things. Prayer brings heaven's power to earth. And today, on a new beginning from the book of Nehemiah, Pastor Greg Laurie has insights on the transformative power of prayer. God changed Nehemiah and Nehemiah changed things. If you want God to answer your prayer, you have to be willing to be a part of the answer. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. A modern combustion engine does one thing. It moves a piston, but the piston is connected to a crankshaft and the crankshaft to a transmission. And pretty soon, well, your car is moving along. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that prayer moves things. You may be the prayer or you may be the thing that gets moved. Wherever you're fit, find out how you can put your efforts in gear for the Lord. On A New Beginning today, a message called How to Be a Successful Leader. Houston, we have a problem. Those are the words from Apollo 13. By the way, that phrase, Houston, we have a problem, are the most famous words uttered in the history of space travel. Five words could have been NASA's worst disaster ever. And of course, it was Apollo 13. Five sixths of the way on their journey to the moon and gases were released from the spacecraft and all of their instruments went dead. And they called back and said, Houston, we have a problem. Man, did they? Well, fortunately, there's a happy ending to that particular story. They were able to get back again. But maybe you've said that recently. We have a problem. There's an unexpected problem that has come your way in life. Your spouse just came to you and said, they want out of the marriage. Or your child came up to you and said, I don't want to be a Christian. Or maybe you found out you have a serious health crisis. Or maybe your cat walked out the door, this time for the last time. I I just wanted to throw that in, just something random in the midst of all this. You're clapping for that, thank you. Uh, But seriously, it's something beyond your ability to fix. Houston, we have a problem. Well, it's not Houston, it's Heavenly Father, I have a problem. We call out to God when we have crisis. We call out to the Lord when we're in trouble. And that's what Israel was doing when their city lay in ruin. Uh, The temple had been rebuilt under Ezra, but the great walls of Jerusalem that once stood proud around the city, protecting it, were now lying in charred, burned out rubble. Enter Nehemiah the cupbearer who was going to bring the solution to the problem. By the way, Nehemiah was not a builder. Nehemiah was not an architect. Nehemiah, like I said, was the cupbearer, which meant that he tasted the food the king ate before the king tasted it, and he drank the wine before the king drank it. It was actually a great job, because you lived in the very lap of luxury, in the palace with close proximity to the king. He may have been the second most powerful man in all of the kingdom. But one day some of his 
fellow Jewish brothers came to visit him and he said, hey, how are things going back in Jerusalem? And they said, do you really want to know? Things are bad. And I think sometimes we don't want to know what's going on somewhere else, especially if it's bad news, right? I don't want to hear about that problem out on the mission field. I don't want to hear about that crisis over here. I don't want to hear about that problem over there. I think we're afraid information may bring obligation. But it's true. It will. But listen, we're all in this together. And so if some Christians are suffering, we care about that because the Bible says when one suffers, we all suffer. And when one of us is exalted, we're all exalted. So Nehemiah cared. The Bible says he wept. He wept. After his weeping came working. Listen, you cannot lighten the load in someone else's life until you first felt the pressure in your own. So Nehemiah takes action. And really, he shows us how to take action. As I pointed out earlier, Nehemiah, in many ways, is a book about leadership. We're all called to be leaders in some way, shape, or form. So let's learn from the leadership example of Nehemiah. Let's start with point number one. And this would be a little bit of a recap of what we looked at. Then we'll dig into our text today. Number one, a good leader is first a good follower and acknowledges their need for God. Let me restate that. A good leader is first a good follower and will acknowledge their need for God. Look at verse five. Nehemiah, when he hears this news, prays and says, Oh God of heaven, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. So first he just acknowledges the greatness of God. You're the all-powerful, all-knowing, sovereign God in heaven. You, Lord, are awesome. And that's how Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before you hit God up with your laundry list, stop and contemplate His glory. And if you do, your list will change. It will. Because your problem seems so big. Well, I think as you get a better idea of how big your God is, you'll realize God's bigger than your problem. So you start by acknowledging the greatness of God. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Thanks for joining us. And he's speaking today about leadership from the example of Nehemiah and how a good leader is firstly a follower and he acknowledges his need for God. Let's continue. It's a message called How to Be a Successful Leader. Number two, Nehemiah reminded God of his promises. He says in verse five, you keep your covenant. In other words, Lord, you made a promise to Israel and they messed up and now we're turning back to you and we want to make it right. So Lord, keep your promise and, and he will and he did and he will for you too. Remember I pointed out there's like 3,000 promises in the Bible for the believer, sort of like unclaimed gift cards. Let's not just leave them sitting in a drawer. Let's appropriate those promises in our life. Number three, good leaders know they don't have all the answers and they confess their sins. Good leaders know they don't have all the answers and they confess their sins. Look at verse seven of chapter one of Nehemiah. I confess we've sinned against you. Yes, even me and my own family and I have sinned. Notice he says we and my own family and I have sinned. You know, it's interesting as you look 
at the life of Nehemiah, you don't really read of any sin in his life. I'm not suggesting he was sinless. But what I am saying is, he was not compromised worshiping false gods like others were, yet he admits his sin, which we all should do. And he wants to be a part of the solution. Listen, it's true that prayer changes things. It's also true that prayer changes you. And sometimes prayer changes you and you change things. Think about it this way. God changed Nehemiah and Nehemiah changed things. If you want God to answer your prayer, you have to be willing to be a part of the answer. So you don't just pray about it. You say, what role could I play in this? My friend James Merritt said this and I quote, there's a difference between dreamers and leaders. Dreamers dream about things being different. Leaders determine to make a difference, end quote. So a dreamer will talk about it. A dreamer will dream about it, but a leader will come up with a plan and do something. And if we learn nothing else from the book of Nehemiah, we learn this. Whenever you face walls in your life that are falling down, whether it's in your own life or in the life of your family or at your job or wherever, the first place to go is to God in prayer and ask Him for help. Number four, Nehemiah was specific in his request to God. Look at verse 10 to 11. Lord, hear my prayer and listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Grant me success today. Listen, making the king favorable to me, put it in his heart to be kind to me. <laughs> he had a plan. He's gonna go to the king and ask him to pay for it. Nehemiah was gonna go to the king and say, I'm building a wall and you're paying for it. That's what he was saying. <laughs> he wanted Arctic Xerxes to pay for it. So he brings the plan to the king, reminding us that there is a place for the spiritual as well as the practical. Every one of us is gonna have a Nehemiah moment. A moment where we come to a fork in the road. And one road leads to comfort, and the other road leads to sacrifice. One road leads to treasures on earth, the other road leads to treasures in heaven. It's a moment where you take whatever position you're in and you say, I'm gonna leverage this for God. This is not about me. This is about God and His glory. And this is really what it is to be a disciple. Remember we were looking at what the Bible teaches about discipleship and Jesus showed us that if we wanna be His disciple, we must love God more than anyone or anything else. Love him more than our husband or our wife or our son or our daughter or our career or even our own life. Love God more than anyone or anything else. Number two, we learn that if we want to be his disciple, we take up the cross and deny ourselves and then we find the life we're looking for. And thirdly, if we want to be his disciples, we surrender our claim to everything that we have. We realize it belongs to God. So we give the title deed of our life over to God, or we give the pink slip of our life over to God. That's discipleship. That's what Nehemiah was about to do. So let's read his plan. Here's how it came down. Nehemiah 2, starting in verse 1. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, that's different than the month of Toyota, <laughs> during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king as wine. 
I had never appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried in is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Then the king asked, well how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven I replied, if it please the king and if you are pleased with me your servant, send me to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Well the king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? And I told him how long I would be gone and the king agreed to my request. That brings us to our next point. Nehemiah spent more time praying than he did building. Let me say that again. Nehemiah spent more time praying than he did building. Four months had passed before Nehemiah popped the question to the king. Sometimes the Lord will give you an idea. He'll give you a vision. He'll give you a concept. But timing is everything. So you just sort of wait for the right moment to go to the next place there. And I think we don't like to wait. You know, we like everything now. Everything fast. I mean, we used to have to wait for stuff. I remember when we first started being able to access movies and we'd go to Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? And you would buy something called a videotape. Or excuse me, you would rent it. And, uh, and then remember the little sign, be kind, rewind. Remember that? Right? So you rewind it. And uh, oh, you go down there, they don't have the tape you want. Then we move to DVD technology. Okay, now I'm going to rent the DVD. Then Netflix comes along and they mail you the DVD. Okay, so you order the one you want online. And it comes with it. It takes a day or two for it to get there. Well, now we just stream it. We don't have to wait for anything. We just click it and we stream it. So everything comes fast to us. So when we hear about waiting, that's an alien concept in a culture that is used to immediate gratification. But Nehemiah waited. Know this, waiting time is never wasting time. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint, Isaiah 40 tells us. Point number two, or really point number six. I don't know, whatever number you want, put it. <laughs> Next point, how's that? There's a time to pray and there's a time to move. There's a time to pray and there's a time to move. The king asks why Nehemiah looks so sad. By the way, the, the job description of a cupbearer was pretty specific. You needed to always be there at the king's beck and call to taste his food. And you were to be encouraging. Because you know you'd be a counselor to the king, a, a confidant of the king. And so you know this was not a good job if you were one of those people that had a dour disposition, right? And we all know people like that. They're just downer people. And uh, you know I've summed them up as a couple. It's Debbie Downer and her husband Bobby Buzzkill. Okay, so <laughs> if you're having fun, when Debbie Downer and Bobby Buzzkill show up, the fun stops because they always have something depressing to say or negative to say or critical to say. And I just hope you're not those people. The very opposite of them was Nehemiah. I think he was a cheerful guy, an upbeat guy. So much so that the king actually noticed he looked sad. Nehemiah cared.
gleaning some very good insights on leadership today from the cupbearer to the king. Pastor Greg Laurie is presenting a very practical study based in the book of Nehemiah. It's a message called How to Be a Successful Leader, a Counselor and an Encourager to the King. And you'll have more insight next time, but before we go, Pastor Greg is back to close by mentioning someone that he knows that is a true encourager by nature. One of the happiest guys I know, you know him too, is Pastor Ricky Ryan, right? I mean, this guy is always happy. People have asked me, what is he like in private? He's the same. He's that way all the time. He's excited about ordering food. Then he's excited about ordering dessert. Then he's excited about going surfing in the morning. Then he's excited about taking a nap later in the day. Then he's excited about Bible study that night. And he's excited about praying. And he's excited about everything and he's always smiling. He's just that guy. In fact, he smiles so much that one time when I saw him not smiling, he was like Nehemiah, like what happened? Well, I knew what happened. In fact, I was responsible for it. Him and I were going surfing and uh, he had a brand new surfboard. And you know if you're a surfer and you get a new board, you hate getting that first ding, right? So we're tying the board down on the top of the car and the racks and he let me tie it down. First mistake. <laughs> I have no board tie down skills at all. So I, I tied the board down and I'm driving behind him. We're driving down to the beach. He's ahead of me. I see the board stacked and all of a sudden that board just came off the top of the car just in the air, just floating around. And then he hit the ground. Boom and boom and boom and splat. So we both pulled over. I'm like, oh no, no. And Ricky gets out. He was not smiling. <laughs> what happened? I guess I didn't tie it down very well. Sorry, I'll buy you a new one. And he sort of smiled again. So that's Nehemiah. Why are you so sad? You're always smiling. Well, I'm, I'm sad because of the plight of my people. And now Artaxerxes, the ruling king, is going to allow Nehemiah to go and do something about it. A copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Be a Successful Leader. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.